This is what they forbid. Jewelry, dancing, pork, shellfish, alcohol, coffee, secular activities such as swimming or dining out or running errands on the Sabbath. They are traditionally intolerant of black pepper or devil's dust as my grandfather calls it. Mustard is also on the traditional naughty list. Sage is fine. This is an incomplete list of their taboos and certain enclaves follow additional rules like banning wedding rings. I once worked with a girl whose friend's mother forbade bicycles and a boy whose mother forbade framed artwork on the walls. My father once knew a family that did not leaven their bread with yeast or even baking powder or baking soda. Instead, they used hydrogen peroxide. Leavening is dangerous, you see. Yeast raises bread by producing alcohol, which is forbidden. The wife of my high school science teacher refused to eat freshly baked bread until it had completely cooled, just in case some alcohol was still hanging around. I eat hot bread. I like a glass of wine with dinner on special occasions. I wear jewelry and drink coffee. I run errands on Saturdays and go to church on Sundays. I am bi, and I once lived with a significant other for nine months. I still can't stomach shrimp. They still look, as Jim Gaffigan put it, like something you should blast with a can of Raid. These are stories about my life as a heretic, or in my birth church's terms, a backslider or an apostate. They do not excommunicate members. That's too Catholic. They merely disfellowship people. To be clear, church administrators have not officially named me as an apostate or a backslider, nor have they officially disfellowshipped me. I think I know why, but I will come back to that later. For now, this is what's important. I have made it out alive by the skin of my teeth. I am turning 30 this month, and to celebrate this occasion, I intend to get a tattoo that says miles to go with a semicolon for the eye, because this is what I know to be true. I am lucky to be alive. I am lucky to be a wreck, not completely totaled. I still have miles to go before I sleep, but some days I make progress. I saw a quote recently that said, even though your wounds are not your fault, your healing is still your responsibility. So this is how I'm healing. I see a counselor and we talk about relationships and self-esteem and family and faith and big decisions. The first counselor I ever saw, which was in grad school, asked me if I felt comfortable talking to a counselor who was not part of my birth church. I nearly fell over myself in my haste to say yes. Truth be told, there's no way I'd feel comfortable talking with a counselor who was part of my birth church. I wouldn't trust them to listen without judgment or give advice without ulterior motives. I got myself a little religious medal of St. Jude Thaddeus, patron saint of lost causes and desperate cases. I wear it around my neck and ask him to intercede for me when things get especially rough. I immerse myself in my new church and service projects. I'm an usher and the chair of the outreach committee and serve on the altar guild. I volunteer for hospice and work to make public schools safer for LGBTQ plus youth 
and run my church's program that buys Christmas presents for four dozen foster kids each year. I set up a little altar in my apartment with all my religious books gathered in one place and a sheepskin rug and a squashy ottoman and my Anglican rosary and some icons and a big candle in a red hurricane jar. I go there when I need to recenter myself. I go on silent retreats to convents and monasteries and retreat centers. I spend the time just thinking and journaling and knitting or crocheting and reading Thomas Merton or Anne Lamott or Barbara Brown Taylor. I spend the time slowing down and refocusing on myself, my soul and body. Sometimes I feel like I'm a patient in a tuberculosis sanatorium, passing my days in minute tasks like sleeping and eating, reaching for goals like being allowed to sit up or read a newspaper, inching towards health. Sometimes I feel like Atalanta in Zeno's dichotomy paradox, continually reaching a new halfway point on the road to restoration. But then I remember the engineer and the joke about this paradox, where a mathematician and an engineer are sitting at a bar when a pretty lady walks in. The mathematician says, I'd love to go over there and talk with her, but first I'd have to cover half the distance, then half of the new distance, then half of that new distance. I'd never reach her. The engineer stands up and starts walking over to the beautiful woman. The mathematician says, where are you going? The engineer says, I may never reach her, but I think I can get close enough for all practical purposes. I may never reach total healing, but I figure I can get close enough for all practical purposes. I will keep wearing my little medal of St. Jude Thaddeus. I will keep going to counseling and praying at the altar in my home. I will keep writing these stories to help me sort through my beliefs on prayer and sex and lobster. I'm glad you've chosen to join me on this journey. Welcome to hot bread and other heresies. Welcome to my world. To close this week's episode, I'd like to say a Franciscan blessing. It goes like this. May God bless you with discomfort at easy answers, half-truths, and superficial relationships so that you may live deep within your heart. May God bless you with anger at injustice, oppression, and exploitation of people so that you may work for justice, freedom, and peace. May God bless you with tears to shed for those who suffer from pain, rejection, starvation, and war so that you may reach out your hands to comfort them and turn their pain to joy. And may God bless you with enough foolishness to believe that you can make a difference in this world so that you can do what others claim cannot be done. Amen. <laughs>